and welcome back to Let's Jaws for a Minute, the podcast which took a deep dive into Steven Spielberg's 1975 masterpiece and is now setting sail into uncharted waters to discover the world beyond Jaws. I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I am Sarah Buddery, and I'm very impressed that you managed to do the <laughs> intro successfully, MJ. I added stuff to it, even. <laughs> yeah, you <yeah>, ad-libbed. <laughs> it was on accident. Yeah, mad lad behavior for only the second time of using uh, that intro, but very impressed. Uh, Give us a couple of weeks and we will have it absolutely perfect. Don't worry. Um, But very exciting. We have a a guest joining us, our our first guest for LJ Fam Phase 2 to talk about today's film, which, uh, of course, is uh, the masterpiece, question mark. Uh, Jaws 3D. Uh, so welcome, uh, a very big welcome to uh, Emma Witty Haddock. Hi, Emma. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you guys? Uh, excited to talk about this film. <laughs> and uh, very well. Uh, all, all, all broken ankles aside, uh, very excited to be talking about this film. <laughs> Something to take your mind off it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and uh, boy, did this film take my mind off things. Uh, it, it took me several attempts to watch it because I am on quite strong painkillers at the moment. So <laughs> I fell asleep the, the <laughs> fell asleep the first time watching it. Uh, woke up like slightly delirious, and it was towards the end. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I haven't watched all of this film. Uh, so I had to go back. So yeah, I've spent most of today watching this film, which is quite depressing. Uh, but there we go. I've <laughs> probably watched it more times than I needed to. Uh, this could be this could be fun. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I sound uh, lucid enough uh, to podcast anyway. But um, of course, Emma, as a, a first time uh, guest, because uh, you you joined the LJ Fam Fam sort of a little later on, um, so missed out being a guest for our for our main show, but. Um, were keen to come on and we were very keen to have you on so you get to answer the Jaws question and tell everyone about your your Jaws story so what is it uh, about this film that you that you love so much oh um it um well I love it because it changed my life um but um yes I saw it uh early 80s as many people did um and I was a teenager my dad said this is the greatest movie ever made ever and I went all right then let's have a watch and I loved it and actually felt quite annoyed though at the end because the shark was killed and I was quite annoyed by that because I thought, well, just could have left it as it is. But um, it kind of modelled how I felt at the end of the movie because I always think with this movie, when people watch it, at the end of it, they kind of can turn into one of the three main characters. So people have watched it and become Brody and been completely scared. Some people have watched it become Quint and just wants to go and kill sharks. Um, I was definitely Hooper. um, And I started this fascination that turned into an obsession. Um, 
reading everything I possibly could about sharks and learning as much as I could. Didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but uh, after school, I just sort of floated around doing different jobs, just dreaming of working with sharks. <laughs> um, and then one day there was a there was an advert on the television. There was a, a new aquarium that was opening in a place called Blackpool. Um, I don't know whether you know about Blackpool, MJ, uh, but it's uh, yeah. There's a... just think Las Vegas. You know, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, there's a White Stripes album that was recorded in Blackpool. Of course, yes, you're right. Yes. Yep, I'm a big White Stripes <laughs> fan. So. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, well, for those of you who don't know, just think Las Vegas, but maybe kind of like a. A Costco version? <laughs> <laughs> budget Vegas. But it, yeah, budget Vegas, very much budget Vegas. But um, and it, it was about an aquarium that was opening and it was going to house the largest collection of tropical sharks in Europe. And I thought, there you go, that's what I'm going to do. So I went to go and have a look and just was mesmerised and stayed there for hours just in the shark tunnel, just watching the sharks swim around and went and said who do I need to speak to to get a job and then the next minute I'm having to find somewhere to live because they've employed me <laughs> um, and I moved to, to Blackpool at the tender age of 20 to go and play with sharks and it was some of the most incredible years of my life it was uh, it was amazing um, working with some incredible shark experts uh, proper hoopers because I'm not a proper mm. hooper at all I'm a, I'm a complete fraud complete fraud and only got the job because my name is Haddock <laughs> which is a true story <laughs> I thought it was because of this amazing letter that I wrote to them and you know all the uh, stuff that I was saying but they turned around and went no your name was Haddock and we saw a a marketing opportunity. <laughs> Did I, I do the hiring that. there? Because that's definitely something I would do. Be like, yeah, it's a fish. Get it? Because we got a bunch of fish. We should hire this person. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They saw a great marketing opportunity. Got the press in. I think one of the uh, one of the titles, I, I can't remember which paper it was, that said, things go swimmingly for Emma Haddock. <laughs> So I don't care because it was fantastic. So today I learned to have a future in marketing. Carried on. <laughs> a lot of big MJ energy in this story yeah. is what I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so that so that's my uh, very very bizarre uh, dual story. But yeah, I've carried on loving the, the the film and and obviously you do seek out the the sequels as we're going to talk about today. But uh, but yeah, I probably see it, well, I don't know, about, well, probably each year about four times a year until I discovered your podcast. And now I really need to get some therapy because it, I might be watching it a little bit too much. I don't know whether there's a Jaws Anonymous where I can go, hello, my name is Emma and I'm obsessed with Jaws. Well, we'll start it's, um, it's not here, we need to that's start for one. sure. <laughs> I know, I'm with like-minded people like-minded people mm -hmm. but uh yes so that's my dual story um but yeah yeah there is uh in in our world there is no such thing as watching jaws too much because you are talking to the people who <laughs> who watched uh a minute of it every week and then spent in excess of an hour talking about said minute so uh yeah uh, I know, maybe we all need some staff... therapy <laughs> yeah my staff keep laughing at me because whenever i take one of my staff members home my uh, uh, non-fruit-based phone kicks into the car 
um and it's always it's always let's just for a minute and we're like are you still listening to this and it's like you're not understanding the premise of the podcast it's a minute right this is going to go on forever it's like have you not finished this yet no yeah hate to break it to you there's a lot more jaws content to come well there is i'm only up to the pond i'm only up to the pond attack so oh my goodness yeah Yeah. you've got a you've got a long way what what a joy to experience get to experience all of it yeah you're halfway there yeah halfway there I know. I feel wow, like this will probably end up get, getting cut, but I feel like a total a hole every time this happens. But like, I went to a Fourth of July party, obviously in all my Jaws gear because it was a Fourth of July party, and um, the holiday is much more about that film than it is, has ever been America to me. And so, uh, <laughs> but I I did self promo holiday and wore my LJ Fam shirt, and nice. then had to explain that I was in fact wearing a shirt advertising my own podcast to the people who weren't <laughs> there. And I was like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> like... Yeah. You, you think that's bad. I, I bought an LJ fam t-shirt for my niece who is three years old and it is her favorite t-shirt to wear. She doesn't know what a podcast is. She doesn't really know what Jaws <laughs> is, but that is her favorite t-shirt. So <laughs> I've got my three-year-old niece out promoting LJ fam to her little pals at nursery. <laughs> exactly. And I'd be doing exactly the same if I was you guys. I would literally merch everything up. My car, <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. Thelma's got a bandana now as well. We do dog bandanas. Just throwing that I've out seen. there. That is a new product. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, a new Bella product that Redbubble. <laughs> oh, what a treat. Please do send us pictures <laughs> of that. I will. I promise. Little little cockapoo crew with the LJ fam bandanas. Um, yeah, I I think we could. I mean, I would quite happily talk about uh, your working at an aquarium and having a fantastic name for the rest of the podcast. But I'm sure we'll cover we'll cover more of that because uh, I mean, not an aquarium, but set in a sort of marine park is uh, where we find ourselves in in Jaws 3D. So. Um, you mm. might have some first-hand experience about the uh, accuracy of this <laughs> film or not. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> several pages of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, so many questions. Will we have answers? Let's let's find out together. Um, okay. Yes, of course, we are talking about uh, Jaws 3 or Jaws 3D, uh, as it is, I think, most often known. Uh it came out in 3D. That's why it's called that. And it is the third film. Uh, released in 1983, uh, Jaws 3D invites Bruce to hold its beer as it sees a monstrous 35-foot shark trapped in a SeaWorld theme park. Uh, if you remember, Bruce in Jaws is 25-foot, and this shark... Uh, but it's a whole lot bigger. Uh, <laughs> this time, it is up to the sons of Police Chief Brody to save the day. Uh so we meet uh, Mike and Sean Brody, played by different actors to what they're played in all the other films. Uh, this film stars Dennis Quaid, Bess Armstrong, Simon McCorkingdale, and is directed uh, by production designer of Jaws and Jaws 2, Joe Alvers. 
Uh, Jaws 3D marks the first and last directorial effort from Elves, and the much maligned film has a damning 11% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which I thought was terrible until I looked at what Jaws The Revenge uh, has on Rotten Tomatoes, (laughs) but we will get there next week. (laughs) So throwing it over to you... uh, the suspense, yeah. Throwing it over to you first, Emma, as our uh, esteemed guest. Uh, what do you What do you think about Jaws 3D? <laughs> oh, I, do you know what? It, it is my favourite one, um, and, and, I, and I and I love it because it's just fun. And I, and I'm sure that's not what mm-hmm. they were expecting at the, at the at the time. I think they were supposed to be doing quite a serious sequel. Um, but doing the research, um, I'd suddenly worked out that Zanuck and Brown were actually thinking of doing a spoof for mm-hmm. the third one. Did you mm-hmm. know about this? Yeah, Jaws, yeah. Jaws yeah. 3, People 0. Exactly, yeah. Jaws 3, People 0. And they wanted, they wanted to cash into that kind of airplane mm-hmm. uh, spoofs that were around in the, in the 70s. And I just think it's really ironic that Universal Studios went, no, we are not doing that because it's Jaws and we're going to do it serious and then ended up with a kind of spoof on Jaws. (laughs) So I I think that's what I I love about it. It's very strange that it is in an an aquarium. I'm very surprised that SeaWorld put their name to it. Um, Mm -hmm. It just seems a very strange thing to do that you are going to kind of sponsor a film which is about a big shark that smashes up a sea world um <laughs> because when when i used to work in the aquarium we, we used to do this little naughty thing really we used to disappear into the sound booth um and change the very atmospheric music that played in the shark tunnel to john williams yes. score, <laughs> <of course. laughs> um, that's badass <laughs> to, yes exactly and then we used to st- we used to wait at the end of the tunnel just to see people's reactions <laughs> and you know at first they'd laugh and just joke it off and and then you could see the anxiety kicking in um and they wouldn't be able to stay in there very long so it's, it's a big <laughs> it was a big risk i see world um especially when they protect their brand like a fascist country. Mm. <laughs> um, so normally, if SeaWorld's got their name on it, I'm not massively interested. But what I love about it is actually SeaWorld hated the film. So that makes me love it even more. But um, <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a bonkers roller coaster. Um, and it's a bit like falling out of a nightclub at two o'clock in the morning. You know you should go home in a taxi. But you suddenly find yourself in a takeaway ordering the biggest on a kebab and cheese sauce <laughs> and you just think, oh, I'm going to regret this in the morning. But at the time, it's lovely. And that's what Jules 3 is to me. It's just, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It is just fun, but utterly bonkers yeah. and completely factually incorrect but we'll we'll dissect that a little bit uh, as yeah. we go along. <laughs> yeah i so i i i mentioned this on on our jaws 2 episode where mm. i have said that i think jaws 3 is the worst film and i know that mj when when you watched it you had an awful lot of fun with it and i kind of had a bit of a realization about jaws 2 that it's it two good films put together in a way that doesn't work but I still enjoy it 
Um, but there's there's a lot in Jaws 2 that, that doesn't work because it doesn't know whether it is trying to be that serious film or whether it is trying to just be all out fun. And this film is very much trying to be all out fun. So I went into it this time around uh, high on painkillers, uh, <laughs> trying to, trying to. <laughs> I think maybe this enhanced my experience. I don't know, but I, I was about to say that's had... probably the best way to watch it. <laughs> Uh, yeah i'm currently taking very strong painkillers to help with the pain in my ankle and i had a lovely time watching (laughs) it today i I really had a lot of fun with it because i think i just went into it with that in my mind because when i was running through the jaws sequels the very first time i watched them obviously completely obsessed with jaws knew it was the greatest film i'd ever seen loved it from the first moment i saw it watched jaws 2 and was like there's Roy Scheider. I know that guy. I enjoy this film for what it is. It's better than it has any right to be. And then I kind of got to three and four and it, was, it just felt like the wheels had completely fallen off. I didn't know what I was watching anymore because you go into it expecting a Jaws film. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to think it's terrible because it isn't that. You go into it expecting it to be a dumb, stupid, bonkers, bizarre, ridiculous film which it is, I think you can have a lot of fun with it. And I, I'm kind of in the same with, with Jaws 4 as well. I have a lot of fun with that film. And I can enjoy 3 and 4 for what they are, which I think is very stupid and very fun. So this is the most enjoyable I have found watching Jaws 3. So I'm glad that I... It sounds like I'm on the same page with you guys anyway. Uh, MJ, I'm assuming you had an absolute riot watching it again. I liked it actually a little less the second time, but only I think, oh. I think oh, one, no. it's the second time I've watched it this year. And I don't think it's sure. a movie you're supposed to watch multiple times a year. And I watched it alone <laughs> both times. So the novelty of like watching it by myself twice in the same year has kind of worn off like Mm. i would have much rather preferred to have watched this with someone to watch them react to the bananas events that take place in this movie like i think that's where a lot of the fun from that movie comes from and like the Mm. first time i had it i had a lot of fun because i hadn't seen it before so Mm -hmm. i think i I mean it's only been like maybe two or three months since I had watched it last. So I was like, yeah, it's just kind of boring. <laughs> now like yeah. I, I know where everything <laughs> is, is going to be. And like the, it just is kind of a shitty movie. <laughs> and so um, that said, I do think it's a very bad movie and it's awesome. Like it's so, it's so <laughs> fun and stupid and it sort of knows it, but really also doesn't at the same time. Like it hits this perfect balance mm. of like, being just in enough on the joke to where it's not in on the joke at all, it seems. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's there's a lot to like about Jaws 3D, I think. Like it's, it's a very, very, very silly movie. And I'm glad that you came around on it, Sarah, because I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know why I hadn't brought this up, but I was like, Sarah loves terrible shark movies. And I can't think of a better <laughs> terrible shark movie that I've seen. So, uh, I mean, well... Deep I was thinking the I same like thing. Blue sea. You were watching but... sand sharks and stuff, weren't you? It's it's yeah. You that yeah, and, sure and was. Then go, well, I, I I'm not I'm not happy with Jaws three. <laughs> it's the Jaws. It's the Jaws name. It's very much I... the like going into something with the expectations of be of it like oh this is a this is a Jaws film. I really 
I had mm. to distance myself from the jaws of it all this time, which thankfully is very easy because it bears little to no resemblance uh, to anything that we've we've seen previously. Yeah. I even forget we're watching like the Brody kids because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's I mean Dennis Quaid is uh, as I was watching it today, absolutely off his tits on absolutely. something stronger than Coco de Mol. So. <laughs> Uh, so I, I'm not making the association of like, oh, that's Mike Brody that we've seen in the the previous two films. I'm just kind of oh, because he has completely... a southern accent now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And All right, let's. And, yeah, there's loads. There's loads of things. Loads yeah. Things. <laughs> choices. This film makes some choices. Let's. I want to talk oh. about the the Brodies actually, as this is obviously our. Mm connection we have with the other films is is the two is the two brodies um one thing that i i do like about this film and i think a film that was taking itself a bit more seriously than this one is there is something interesting to be explored in the two different paths the brody children mm-hmm. go on um because i mean you were saying emma that you know everyone comes out of jaws being uh, a Brody, a Hooper, or a or a Quint. That's that's usually the mm. way the way things go in terms of who you kind of latch onto and who you identify with, and that sort of happens with with Michael and and Sean, and particularly looking at the events of Jaws two as well, where they're both on those on those boats and being attacked by by the sharks, and 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 Michael sort of choosing to be out there. He loves being out on the water. He loves being on his boat, and Sean just kind of going along to be part of the. The, the older kids group I think and we get some suggestions of their thoughts and feelings now towards towards water I mean Michael is working at SeaWorld so implies that he has some connection connection to it and he's not what's interesting is he's not gone down the the Matt Hooper route and kind of studying them in the in the wild or anything like that he's kind of just working at uh at a SeaWorld park, but still working in something associated with the sea anyway, and still seems to, I mean, you see him diving and still seems to, you know, enjoy being in the water. And Sean, he, I think it's when he and and Kelly are going to go into the water and he's like, no, I don't want to go into the water. And he sort of says, um, says a little bit why. So he's sort of inherited that fear of the water from, from, from Brody, I guess, from from Martin Brody, um, but also his experiences and what happened to him in Jaws Two has kind of gone that way of of fear uh, rather than I want to work with sea creatures or or anything like that. So uh, a a better film would explore that, I think, in much greater detail. And I think there's quite an interesting and good film in there as well about these two kids and how what has happened to them and how their dad and who he is how that has shaped them going forward but this film doesn't have the nuance to tackle that at all it's just sort of passing references and what we can piece together knowing what we know about these characters yeah and and, and bizarrely um on that uh because i i watched that scene a lot around uh mike and his girlfriend Kay talking on the beach um and she asks him why does Sean not visit um, very often. And 
which just baffled me because I'm just thinking, hang on a minute, you don't know? You you kind of should know. Um, hmm. and, and Mike comes back with just the bizarrest answer, which was, <laughs> do you remember the shark attack when we were kids in Amity that I told you <laughs> about? And it's like, sorry, what? What? I mean, firstly, she would know about it because I think she's a marine biologist, so I think she would know about it. Um, secondly, I think America would know about it. <laughs> uh, and thirdly, I think the world would know about it. I mean, the shark killed the same amount of people as Jack the Ripper and we're still talking about him. So um, it, it's just this bizarre... He's kind of brushing it off a little bit Larry Vaughan-esque, isn't he? I mean, he's mm. like, do you remember that shark attack, you know, when a large predator <laughs> may have injured some bathers? Um, <laughs> well, and it also happened twice also, at Amity, right? Like, that's... Mm-hmm. I know, but if you listen to it, he says shark attack. Yeah, yeah. I don't mm. think Jaws 2 exists in the Jawsy verse of mm. Jaws 3. Interesting. Because I went back and back, say, thinking, well, he said shark yeah. attack, and he said kids. So to me, he Jules two doesn't exist. Mm. That's true. The erasure. Well, and <laughs> and we see Sean being pretty shore bound in Jaws, mm-hmm, right? Definitely. Like he he's he never goes in the water. Granted, he's very young, but he's not even like in floaties or whatever you know like uh or the the what are they called water wings um Mm, and uh yeah we we never see him even like going out with ellen into the water or anything like that so he's he's pretty disinterested right because he's he's young but he's definitely at an age where he could put the water wings on and then go into the ocean with a parental supervision um Mm -hmm. and yeah he doesn't even do that he's and he seems pretty content to just hang out on the beach making sandcastles. So you might be right about that. Yeah, and, mm, and shouting mm. at shouting at his brother not to go in the water, which is what happens in, in, in the original Jules as well. So I honestly don't think Jules 2 exists in 3 unless they've just completely forgotten about it. But it, it, it is which bizarre is crazy how Mike seems to be very blasé about it. And, oh, yeah, he doesn't like the water because of that, you think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I would, quite frankly. And why the hell are you working in the, in the water? But, um, mm. yeah, strange. It's a very strange conversation um, that didn't really make much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and... So. That, that continuity <laughs> thing too is interesting to bring up because Gottlieb still wrote this one, right? Like, yeah, he wrote mm-hmm. it with Richard Matheson, which always blows my mind to remember. I, I, yeah. So Richard Matheson <laughs> wrote like "I Am Legend" and, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. He but wrote I, "I Am Legend." I he he wrote, didn't Matheson? F- uh, he wrote "Duel." Sorry, go ahead he wrote "Duel." Oh. He did, yeah. 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 But I think he fell out with the studio because I think Matheson wanted to move away from Brody and the kids. He wanted to move away from Amity and and Mm. Universal went, okay, we'll move away from Amity, but we're still using the kids. We're going to have Mike and and Sean. So it kind of fell apart and then Gottlieb was asked to come in and I think he was quoted as saying it was so much so much of a hodgepodge that he only could do the best that he could 
So I think the warm scenes where you've got nice relationships going on, I think that's definitely Gottlieb coming in and mm. trying to make them, you know, three-dimensional, for mm. pun intended, uh, <laughs> you know, characters. But it's just too much of a jigsaw puzzle that's just been smashed to pieces that he's, he's, he's struggling to, to join the dots. Mm. Yeah, that's... I I because i'd always i mean it's the third one so you sort of go okay then of course they must all exist in the same universe there's some continuity although not not a lot but interesting to to think about it in in that way i don't <laughs> i i think possibly giving them a little too much credit to be like oh that's something they've done deliberately they've erased jaws too because they didn't like it i think it's just <laughs> not very good <laughs> writing yeah. or or story continuity Definitely. but yeah, the thing is, this film should, in theory, be better than it is because mm -hmm. Joe Alves is an incredible production designer. I mean, we did nothing but praise how incredible the production design of, of Jaws is in particular. And that, you know, obviously those skills don't then translate to being a director, but this is someone who knows these films, has worked on the previous two films. He was production designer for Jaws and for Jaws 2. So, and I don't, I really don't think this film is well directed. And that's, t even ignoring the kind of really shonky effects <clears throat> and terrible 3D, it's not especially well directed. There's nothing in it that makes me go, ooh, that's, that's a good shot. That's an interesting shot. That stands out. I mean, even last week we pulled out that shot of, of Larry where he's kind of framed by like the money tree and, and what that can suggest and, and what you can gather from, from just that shot. And we, we, we liked that. And that was something that stood out. I'm struggling to think of anything visually that stands out in Jaws 3 for the right reasons. I've got yeah. a very long list of the things that stands out for the wrong <laughs> reasons, which we will absolutely get into, but there was nothing in terms of the direction or the visual storytelling or anything that, that, made it feel like a Jaws film, if that makes sense. It, it basically, as I was watching it today, I was like, there is no way on this earth that we would have been able to do a minute by minute breakdown of Jaws 3D. We would have gone crazy. I would have needed yeah. a lot of painkillers. <laughs> yeah, and I would have needed whatever Dennis Quaid had. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> sign me up also. Because it's there just isn't that there just isn't that substance there. Mm. And I know that's not what this film is aiming for. Like we're not looking for for deep meaning and substance in this film at all because it, it just isn't there. But there was there was nothing. There was none of that for me. I think actually a lot of it is quite is quite bland, is quite just mm. I don't want to yeah, insult Joe Alves. He's a great guy, but <laughs> I just don't think it's... Uh, directing clearly wasn't for him. I mean, this was his first and last film, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was... Yeah, it's it's definitely very... Um, I guess the, the word to use is, like, workmanlike. Like, almost like a director for hire yeah. did it. Um, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... I don't know. It's it, the, the only thing I can think of is I actually like the opening bit uh, with the water skiers more than I like the opening kind of attack 
quote unquote in Jaws 2. Mm. Um, I think there's more tension there, but that's done through the editing, not necessarily the visual prowess of who was behind the camera. So some of the I think some of the 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 kind of chaotic last half hour there's some good stuff in there where the shark fin is kind of popping up in places you don't want it to be popping up in all around the aquarium and and just the sight of the fin kind of causing chaos but again this it's still just it's still lacking that nuance <laughs> yeah definitely and I, and I don't know whether a lot of that was down to again interference from the studio I think I think I think Alves wanted to do something a little bit different with the 3D and not make it so much on the nose, but the studio wanted it to be very, you know, lingering shots that seemed to go on forever because mm. they wanted it to, to have that impact, but it just looks looks weird and, and strange. Um, and the sound is, is odd. The, the, there's weird noises yeah. and sounds that that actually distorts the really good uh, musical score that was was done. Because um, you can't hear it, because every now and again you just get shoos and whooshes and a growling shark <coughs> um, and <laughs> and screams underwater and things like that. It's just like, why is it so bloody noisy? Yeah. It's just so, just, it, it, yeah, everything is just overkill and I just don't know... At what point was that done? Was that him or was that the studio going, no, we wouldn't need it to be, I don't know, noisier and more sticky-outy and more this, that and the other. And it just ended up being this absolute mess of a yeah. mess of a film. It's really. a really ugly movie all the way around. And like the, the, <laughs> the sound, I mean, it mm. looks really bad. It looks terrible. And like, I don't know, Sarah, you were telling me that someone told you that the Blu-ray looks better, um, and I thought it actually looked actively worse than the digital copy I rented earlier this year, or maybe I just didn't notice it as much, but I thought it looked like garbage on this Blu-ray set, and then, yeah, the sound was really weird because I had to crank the volume, but it's like 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> And the effects are all super loud, but I could barely hear the dialogue even with my soundbar, like most of the way up. And mm. it just like it was really annoying at a certain point. I don't. I mean, yeah. my ears are more sensitive than most people, so I get really annoyed really easily with with sounds. But um, yeah, there's a lot of really annoying sounds in the sound mix too, of just like the water. Like there's a, a scene where where. Um, uh, Catherine's talking to, to Fitzroyce, who we've got to talk about. And uh, <laughs> yes. the, these these dolphins are, like, doing tricks in the background. And it's so much louder. Like, the dolphin noises and the dolphins coming out of the water and splashing back down is so much louder than the dialogue. That I had a really hard time paying attention to this movie um, mm. this time around. And when I watched it, I didn't own my soundbar. So I don't know if that is better through just like the sort of native speakers but on like a surrounds like 5.1 mix or whatever it sounds really bad yeah it sounded bad on my soundbar as well i yeah i had to keep adjusting the volume which i very rarely have to do but there were there were certain moments that i couldn't i just couldn't hear and some of the uh, like you said mj some of the dialogue just being drowned out by like the noise in the background and Obviously, Cindy and Sandy, the dolphins, are the MVPs of this film. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah, 
I don't need to hear them louder than the dialogue that's <laughs> that's happening. And there's a lot of, it's particularly in the back half of the film, for, for as chaotic as it gets when the shark is sort of running riot around the around the sea world, there's a lot of moments of quiet because there's a lot of moments of underwater. But then that's fine. We had the the cage scene in Jaws and that's some of the best underwater stuff there is because it really utilises that silence to create fear and it's not prolonged because I think really really prolonged bits of of silence if there's not a reason for them don't necessarily work like some of those underwater scenes they feel like they're just there so they could be like look at all the cool underwater shots we have but they're really dark for a start they're quite difficult to see there's sound Mm. where there shouldn't be sound and then there's a bit it's when they um Mike and uh is it Kay uh, they come out of the they they've been diving then they sort of like emerge and then they're they're it's before the shark crashes through the window <laughs> and they're they're talking but I can barely hear what they're yeah. what they're saying in that point because it's like they haven't adjusted the mix to 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 <laughs> to be able to hear that the the dialogue and it's like it's just small small things like that where it's just like maybe these people were not super jazzed about making this movie it does i mean we we were talking off mic about how much money it made and it it did make money uh, <laughs> quite a lot actually so it it did its job and is serviceable and and you know as in terms of bringing in the money for a for a blockbuster but it's it, it just doesn't have that even like Jules 2 we have problems with but it at least feels like a competently made yeah. film <clears throat> there are moments in this that just are so bad <laughs> and I've seen many a bad uh, film particularly a bad shark film as, as we have discussed um, and you know that you you know they're going to be bad because they're they're incredibly low bad low budget but this film did have a did have a budget and does have stars in it and is part of the jaws franchise so yeah. it's kind of shocking how bad it is just in t- from like a filmmaking point of view anyway it's a film that's that has the jaws name that is kind of like that poorly made is just quite, it's quite shocking you just have to i think you just have to overlook all of that stuff because there is still fun to be have had with this film which I, I think we're we're coming on to but yeah it's it's really hard to get past a lot of those things this movie's a lot <laughs> it's <laughs> it's uh it's 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 so it's such an interesting sort of thing to to it, it almost feels like we're doing it a disservice by talking about it as seriously as we have been because it is yeah sure it is just <laughs> the dumbest thing on the planet and Emma you brought this up but I cannot mm. believe SeaWorld signed off on this movie it is exactly. so crazy to me that that's what happened to the point where like they had the first time I watched it I was like there's no way this is actually sponsored by SeaWorld and then I found out that they filmed it at SeaWorld in Orlando and I was like okay so here's what I don't understand one SeaWorld did not necessarily in this period of time have the uh to put it mildly brand maintenance issues that SeaWorld has nowadays um no they didn't so 
their reputation within the public eye was like generally okay like neutral maybe at best or neutral the positive side of neutral so they didn't really need anything to like make them look like the good guys and uh and this is my big sticking point with this is why in the world would you give the rights to make a film in your theme park to the studio that also has a rival theme park in the same city as you. <laughs> because Universal has Universal Orlando. Why would you think that they would make a movie that makes your park look good? <laughs> when it's in their best yeah, interest to not. This wasn't Universal though, was it? It was... um. Yeah, it was Universal. Uh, it's another... St- yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. It, there was something that. Oh, not to be directly made by Universal Pictures. It was another production company. But yeah, they were connected to it. Sorry, that was in my uh, research I was doing. Is that earlier, why it but... has like a janky off-brand Universal logo at the beginning? Yeah, I th- I think so. And can I just uh, 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 appreciation for the incredible three uh, D font that is used in the opening <laughs> credits. Real big fan of that. <laughs> yeah, not so much the swooshes with it. That that was so irritating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I feel like we're heading in the direction of talking about uh, the many many ridiculous elements of this film, and I would like to start with the three D, <laughs> because oh, obviously yeah. we're not watching this uh, in three D don't have the capabilities to do it, don't think 3D is a great way of watching films, but that's uh, another story for another time. Uh, the, I mean, right out the gate, and I got the timestamp uh, because we're a minute-by-minute breakdown podcast, uh, little over a minute in, a minute 12, we get this insane floating fish head coming out at you <laughs> in the screen. Uh it's quite extraordinary. That's that's how it sets the tone uh, for what we're going to see in, in the rest of the film. And then the big moment is the exploding shark at the end, which we will absolutely spend some more time talking about. Uh, this, uh, so I, I think maybe this was, was off mic before we started recording, but uh, Martin watched only the last 10 minutes of this film, the best 10 minutes uh, of the film. And I... I forced him to stop doing the household chores that he needed to do. It was like, you can delay cooking dinner and emptying the dishwasher. You need to watch the last 10 minutes of Jaws 3D. And he absolutely cackled uh, at the the bit when the shark explodes and the entrails, uh, teeth, all kinds of stuff uh, in glorious 3D is is coming right at you (laughs) through the screen. It looks so terrible. I was reading something in the... the, uh, the IMDb trivia, which, you know, take with a pinch of salt because it's not always the world's most accurate uh, source of knowledge. But uh, in one of the remade shots when the shark explodes, some of the entrails that fly out of the screen in 3D are actually a brown leather E.T. doll. Uh, I, I would that love that well. to be true. <laughs> I, I think I, I tried yeah. to rewind and try and rewind and I've tried to pause. I've tried and it wouldn't surprise me there there is a bit where you just think oh i think that was it um <laughs> there's ET. he's gone home. um it's, it's yeah 
it really wouldn't surprise me if that was the case but yeah i mean yeah. i mean the 3d obviously is 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 appalling and and you do get the ridiculous lingering shots and you know i know they've tried to do something different here and they've got more of the sound effects i think over in a i think over in america they were they were threatening to make it an r-rated film because of the sound effects because of the crunching and the <laughs> munching of, of bones and stuff hmm. so um but it, it just doesn't work because you just sat there going yeah okay I, i'm watching this grouper's head and it's been there for about you know <laughs> 10 seconds 20 seconds and it seems to go on forever um <laughs> and you get so many things pointing at you whether it's a reed or it's a flag or it's a whatever but um yeah it's it's or overman's arm as we mm. see when, with the first kill one of the things i was going to ask you guys you you talk a lot of, uh, about um is jaws a horror which of course it is and you talk about um, Jules 2 particularly being quite a, a slasher movie mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be controversial and say this one is neither mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a disaster oh, movie mm-hmm. yeah I agree because no one dies one person dies in this film right On that we see and we don't even see it happen uh, three three Who people dies. dies no no three <laughs> was I actually it, it's five was it's I asleep <laughs> Um, no, it's five. So you've got look. you've got the guy. You got the guy at the first. The first guy. The thief um, guy. Oh, yeah. The thief yeah. guy. Chaining everything up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he 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 died. Then the guys that are trying to pinch the reef. Oh, those those. Guys. Um, yeah. So there's two of those, which is very similar to the uh, the holiday roast mm-hmm. scene in in the original movie. Apart from, can we go home now? Mm-hmm. Um, so they get eaten. So there's two there. Then there's Fitzroy's. He gets it, and then oh, there's yeah. somebody else at the end when we have the money shot of the shark <laughs> and uh, smashing glass. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that's five. Uh, have I got five. Yeah, yeah. That's five. I feel dumb. So you uh, definitely were <laughs> asleep. <laughs> at one point, my I've got a quite an old DVD copy of of Jaws, and I didn't get round to upgrading it to Blu-ray, which apparently wouldn't have made any difference anyway. Nope. Um, and it, it skips at one point or it like pauses on one scene. So I'm pretty sure I was asleep for about three hours while it was just like my DVD was just stuck <laughs> on like one, <laughs> one bit. Yeah. So I you had to skip a bit as well. That got killed. Yeah. <laughs> Look, <laughs> there's, a lot going, there's a lot going on at the moment. There is. Um, Can I yeah, just say I feel, though, about I... the first kill? Sorry. Go mm. on. I, I was gonna say I, I I feel very uh silly for forgetting that uh my boy Philip Fitzroyce dies because that death is extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, I w- the it's only one I was remembering was like the the gross like head that appears floating in the window mm. of the um, oh you mean freaking discount discount later. Ben Gardner got, yeah I've got a big issue yeah <laughs> bargain bin Ben Gardner yeah <laughs> bargain Ben Gardner bargain Ben Gardner oh, there we go. Great. There you go. That's that's the strap line. Yeah. But I just wanted to say about the first the first kill, so the, the which is Overman's, which is the where you get the severed arm. There mm. is a really cool bit um, where he's putting the padlock on, and something spooks him, and he turns around, and it's a fish. Mm-hmm. Right. What's the fish? Uh... It's a barracuda. Oh. Ah. Ah. 
using that like in delivery. jaws it might be delivered yes <laughs> it, so yeah. he gets spooked barracuda so he goes oh it's just a barracuda you know because it's all psychological and then the next minute he gets taken out by a shark and i just thought oh i like that yeah I thought that was a nice little throwback. No, I yeah. Nice. That's that's actually much more thought than it appears went into this film. <laughs> yeah, I, think so. I, I take back what I said earlier. They thought about one thing, and it was that barracuda. It, did. it was a masterpiece. <laughs> he had the barracuda. <laughs> yeah, a whole extra star on Letterbox now yeah. uh, for me. That's exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, the were they trying to make that bit with um bargain bin gardener were they trying to make that a jump scare because yeah. it doesn't work yeah they were they sure were <laughs> yeah yeah i have to say that the 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 bit when they then show the what is very obviously uh a fake body after that but it is it is pretty gross because there's all kind of it looks like there's like sea creatures and stuff like writhing around in his mouth and it's, it's kind of grim um I mean, under no circumstances does that look like it's a real person, ever. No, and <laughs> also, I don't is... understand the injuries. <laughs> yeah. It's been done by a gigantic grater, like an industrial grater. Like the shark yeah. literally just skinned him first. I, I, you know, maybe the shark was on a diet after giving birth and, you know, I, I mm. can't eat anything with the skin on, I have to take it off. Yeah. Um, and it's... <laughs> Because it's just the weirdest, weirdest uh, attack and, and, you know, uh, wounds. It just makes no sense. It makes less sense than Ben Gardner's popping out eye, which, yeah. again, makes zero sense when there's no other marks on his yeah. body, but he's just got one little eye that pops out. But, yeah, he's been done by an industrial grater, not by a shark. <laughs> yeah, those injuries are wild yeah <laughs> i had to pause it to look yeah. at what because i was like it's just taken like his 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 whole skin off i don't understand <laughs> what's happening how did that well, and, then, and then when they have him like down in the morgue area or whatever getting ready or get, i guess getting ready to be transported and michael takes a look at the body there's like a worm crawling on him like where the hell did a worm come from like <laughs> yeah. what, what do you mean Gross. like you didn't one the ambulance guys just didn't bother to clean off the body a little bit like mm. it looks like a yeah centipede. yeah <laughs> yeah it's really it's really quite something and uh speaking of quite something um i take this film as a a personal attack uh on the british population <laughs> um for it's terrible two uh, a brace of terrible uh british characters and they corner both ends you've got the yeah. uh unreasonably posh philip fitzroyce uh one of my favorite names in a film yes. and then the they other guy are. is yeah, I've <laughs> I've just in my notes I've referred to him as Core Blimey Jack, but I know that's not his name. Um, <laughs> Gavner, Gavner, uh, Gavner, Gavner. Who? What is Gavner. his actual name? Jack Jack Tate, uh, who is played yes. by uh, Atchet Ari in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, which oh. was uh, a real thrill to <laughs> a real thrill to see. Um, those two. Oh, I mean. MJ, you didn't realise they were British, so that's uh, a fun thing that, that we'll we'll get into. Yeah. But my my villain 
origin story is these two guys in Jaws 3D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a hate crime. Um, <laughs> it is. It's I've never been crime. more offended. <laughs> Their entire personality oh. is British. Yeah. There is, no, there is no, nothing else to them. Oh, boy. It's opposite ends of yeah. the uh, scales, isn't it, really? you got very... I mean, I love Simon McCorkendale as well. I had a slight... Even though I'm a fully-fledged paid member of the, the gay club, I really had a bit of a straight crush <laughs> on Simon McCorkendale when I was young because I did like his yeah. voice. He could literally read a telephone directory. But I actually think I saw those two as as probably the first LGBTQ uh, relationship because Jack is clearly in love mm. with Gavin. He's absolutely. I was getting um, Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. vibes with uh, Gaston. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's a little Lafou bit like that, isn't he? He's yeah. like, Governor, Governor. Mm. So. That's very. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know they were I, British. I what thought they were Australian. Oh no! Because when he oh, shows no. up, when he shows up, he's in this like crocodile Dundee ass outfit, and so yeah, that's true. That's that's why I thought he was Australian, and I was like, oh, they're doing. I it also, I was like, even though this predates him, I was like Steve Irwin before Steve Irwin. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah, probably, kind of. <laughs> Which makes more sense. Uh, I don't know why these two guys are there. I don't either. <laughs> also, his accent in this movie sounds fake. Like, I don't... It's It sounds like... It, he doesn't sound like a real British person to me. Like, it is astonishing no, to find out that... Royce is. Yeah, I think Simon is. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's very British, isn't he? He's terribly, terribly so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm finding out from his Wikipedia page, but... <laughs> does not come through on that which is funny because i was going to the, oh that's very funny i was going to make a comparison to him and like i feel like kenneth branagh would play this role if you had it now because he's essentially the gilderoy <laughs> lockhart of the jaws franchise and mm-hmm. uh he Definitely. he he played simon doyle in death on the nile in 1978 so <laughs> There we go. Yeah, they're both connected, connection um, to that, but yeah, it, it does look like he's done almost exclusively British stuff uh, mm. outside mm-hmm. of this. And mainly, oh, TV he did he did a bunch well. of American he did a bunch of American TV. Mm. But yeah, he does not. He, yeah. he I thought it, he was an American actor doing a British accent until right now. <laughs> That's very funny. It is. It is so far on the british scale (laughs) if that is a if that is a thing and like we said these these two guys are uh are opposite ends of that i mean they were like we're gonna have some british characters in there we've got to cover all the accents i mean they are only covering like one very small part of the country and ignoring the (laughs) wealth of uh other accents that exist uh in in the uk but yeah i i just yeah the the best thing that this Philip Fitzroyce chap does is die, and I really <laughs> enjoy that death scene. It's I think good. it's actually <laughs> there's me earlier saying like there's no good shots in this film. I 
really quite enjoy if it was better <laughs> i really quite enjoy the shot that's from inside the shark's <laughs> mouth so seeing dumb. a character being chowed down on because i mean I've just got a lot of questions about, you know, obviously we've seen things from like the shark's perspective and that makes sense. But this is like the shark has swallowed a camera. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's why we're seeing this shot. There's no reason for that yeah. to exist, but it is a different uh, perspective on a death that we haven't seen yet in Jaws. And there's me not thinking there were any deaths in the in the film. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> because this is I think because uh, it's the <laughs> it's the fact I had to try and explain this to, to, to Martin because obviously he missed uh Philip being eaten and I had to very quickly right. explain why there was a hand with a grenade inside the shark's mouth. Um and I was like, this guy, he got eaten but his arm is still intact inside the shark and he's still uh, miraculously holding on to, to this grenade. Which is yellow, why. by the way. Which is yellow, <laughs> correct. And he's wearing a a, a red um, wetsuit uh-huh, as uh-huh. well. And they even make a comment about that. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you're really going to go in like wearing wearing that colour like when there's a shark around? And I was just like, hmm, feels like this film has been listening to uh, LJ yeah. fan. Uh <laughs> <laughs> which is impossible as we know but um well jaws yeah, is a time I, travel movie so it is it is as we have established exactly it is a time travel thing. movie <laughs> i <laughs> i explained that to martin while we were watching jaws the other day and he was like no it's not as if i was like being serious and thinking that's you know a delorean was gonna <laughs> Or something. I was like, no, 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 no. You need to. <laughs> Did you also point out the Griswolds and be like, this is a National Lampoon vacation movie, too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to confuse him anymore. Oh, bless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His 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 death is uh, is spectacular. It's like he he does just die so that they can have that big moment at the end where they blow up the shark in a different way to the way that they've previously blown up the shark, I guess. But I, I would have liked it if... The... How did he get in there? Yeah. he was in a pipe. All he needed to yeah. do was just stand on the shark's head. And then that was it. <laughs> there was nowhere the shark could go. But somehow he just gets... I don't know, he just falls in. It's yeah. like it gets <laughs> And then when it's in, it's like nowhere near the teeth. So where the blood's coming from, I'll, I'll never know. But it's like mm. it's like he's chewing down on nothing because it's not, actually, <laughs> it's not actually there, is it? He's not actually in the... Oh, the whole thing is just like, really? Just stand on its head? Yeah. Well, and I, I think... Tunnel, it, it's fine. It almost feels like... A, <laughs> it almost feels like the Quint line, the shark will swallow you whole. Like, because the shark doesn't really eat yeah. him exactly. the way it eats everything else. Like, it literally kind of swallows him like like a pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a little red a British, British pill. pill. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite my, Alanis my... Morissette album. <laughs> Little British Pill. <laughs> Little Red British Pill. Yeah. My my working theory now is that the shark is also British and is, like me, personally very offended by this guy's accent. 
which is why it decides <laughs> to to swallow him whole, really make him suffer. Sure. Getting burned up by the old stomach juices. Oh. That's what a that's what the shark is doing. <laughs> Yeah, it's either Welsh oh. or Scottish or something that's taken a front. Yeah, yeah, too much Englishness <laughs> in there. So it's a Welsh yeah. shark going. Well, I'm going to have you now, right? Because you've had enough. I'm going to swallow you. What up. about us? I am. There's other accents. Yeah. What about us? Where's our representation there? <laughs> uh, Do you think yeah. that they put that's... these guys in there to have sort of a? Uh, esteemed British actors like Robert Shaw like because that's kind of like mm. what it plays like like the the Jack Tate guy feels like d- discount Quint disquint um <laughs> disquint disquint <laughs> there you go that's the that's the money phrase right there <laughs> the money off phrase if you will <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they were trying to appeal to British audiences with the inclusion of these two dreadful characters, uh, I will speak for us as a nation and say it hasn't worked. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, not at all. I think, did they do it deliberately? Do you think they did it for the whole, um, you know, posh English accent only means one thing, must be a baddie? So oh, maybe were they trying mm. to make him a baddie that then becomes a little bit more, you know, sensitive because he's, you know, he's changed his mind. I mean, he got he gets all a little bit sensitive when you know the shark dies. Oh God, do we need, do we really need to speak? Yeah, about? but, um, <laughs> but do they? I mean, does he do anything that bad over the course of the movie? He's kind of on on the team. Let's lure this shark in so we can be seen killing it right sure. is he one of mm. he's one of those guys so i guess i guess there's that and then he sort of has a a change of heart but there's not the character development done with these characters to make that especially obvious i mean if if he is supposed to be a villain figure he's very one-dimensional rather than three-dimensional with <laughs> in that sense um because that that whole thing doesn't doesn't really last that long and that's an I, I wrote it down in my notes actually that idea of like the 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 hunt or kill argument uh, against sharks and then the conservation argument is something that comes up in a different context in this film because there are characters on mm. one side who are saying you know this 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 shark is here or it's or it's near the aquarium let's lure it in and then we can be seen killing it and doing the right thing and then there's characters like hey who are like you know actually uh, we need to you know wouldn't it be i mean this is also questionable because keeping sharks in in (laughs) great white sharks in captivity not a great idea uh she's more sort of like conservation side of things like would it not be better for us to have this shark here people will come and see it you know the only shark great white shark in captivity and we'll nurse it back to health and and all the rest of it but they they then don't kind of do anything with that idea because it does then just very quickly become there's a bigger shark loose in the aquarium now it's gonna wreak havoc everywhere i mean that the reveal of there being a second bigger shark (laughs) is so dumb so very dumb uh surprise mother shark uh (laughs) is what i wrote in my uh 
in my notes. I also enjoy uh, Calvin. Is that the character mm-hmm. Calvin? Mm-hmm. Calvin, who's like, oh, yeah, Calvin you're talking about some shot. damn sharks, mother. <laughs> I really enjoy the delivery of that line where he's like, <laughs> you're talking about some damn sharks, mother. <laughs> really just great. Just the entire really time great. going, mayonnaise, mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> just going all the way through it. So the wife was very confused. She's going, what the hell are you on about? I was like, mayonnaise? No, okay. But he's great in it, though, isn't he? You mean he's Larry Vaughan... 200 yeah, point whatever yeah. because he is everything that larry absolutely wasn't i mean he's charming he's sophisticated he's you know he's got the gift of the gab he's rich um mm. i think he put was it 34 million pounds for the under or dollars for the undersea kingdom mm-hmm. um mm. so yes he he's he's a he's a great character i like him he's 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 cool but yeah Fit, fitzroy seems a bit pointless. He reminds me a little bit of the gamekeeper in Jurassic yeah. Park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Same kind of get-up, same kind of you know British accent, that kind of thing. But but yeah, a little bit pointless. But uh, yeah, love myself a little bit of Calvin. He's probably the <laughs> yeah, best character in the movie. I think Calvin is. He's great. Yeah. He's definitely yeah. the best performance because he like he like knows. It feels like it feels like he knows what movie he's in, mm-hmm. and that movie is Jaws 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly that. Because there are some that are taking themselves far too seriously, and he is not—he is not one of them. No. He—it's <clears throat> that sort of same like self-awareness that there is in not to talk about one of the greatest films, but uh, *Snakes on a Plane*. Uh, sort of same awareness that Samuel L. Yeah. Jackson has in that film of like how ridiculous that film is, how insane the premise is, and just kind of like going with yeah. it. I a part of me wishes that jaws 3d had leaned into that like even more because it is crazy and it is stupid and it is ridiculous but it feels like that stuff happened accidentally because they were they were Mm. half trying to make a jaws film and if you if you sever the the jaws ties away from this and don't have it linked in with that that franchise which has got a certain sort of degree of, of of prestige behind it at this point you could have had a lot more fun with it i i like that idea of it being this spoof like jaws 3 people zero mm-hmm. that to me is very very funny and i i kind of wish they'd leaned into that more like wasn't there's something i was reading that like they the ideas being floated around for that were that they wanted the opening scene to be like peter benchley being eaten yeah. by yeah. a shark or something like that in his, in his swimming pool <laughs> so, wasn't it and i and yeah. i read that and I yeah thought, what would be even better is if a shark was at the Jaws novel and then just basically spat it back out again and went, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> probably a better spoof in a way than eating Peter Benchley just eat the novel. That yeah. would be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think if you would have made this movie like Sharks in a Theme Park instead of like Closer to, <laughs> closer to Snakes on a Plane, mm. then uh, it would be a lot more <laughs> interesting. And I don't know about Jaws of Revenge yet, but it, Almost feels like because I feel like Jaws 3D gets lost in the shuffle amongst the sequels. Like people are like Jaws 2 mm. is good, Jaws 4 is terrible, but I love it, or Jaws 4 is terrible, but no one really ever talks about three. And I think that's because three is like mm-hmm. really confused about what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a very very yeah, confused I... film. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Jaws Jaws 4 kind of has this 
reputation if you want to call it that infamy that it that mm. it's earned for being so terrible and the stars in particular michael kane being very vocal about about how terrible it is uh and you know having that terrible rating as it does on on rotten tomatoes obviously that's not the be all and end all but it that in itself is like a bit of a badge of honor i mean there are there are people there are entire podcast shout out <laughs> friends of the show w rated who their entire premise is going through all the worst rated films on on imdb and and you know picking out those films that that are that terrible i think they have both jaws three and four on their <laughs> list so prayers up prayers up for them when they yeah. get to that and also yeah, putting ourselves forward yep, as guests yep. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that that's that sort of like so bad it's good Monica can go in a film's favor because you have a film like The Room which is notoriously dreadful has got its entire reputation on being so dreadful and packs out cinemas even now with people wanting to go and see it because they know how terrible it is I am one of those people Mm -hmm. I go and see that film when I don't have a broken ankle at the cinema quite a bit and I force other people to go and experience it with me because it is fun and I do like watching bad films that you know to be bad there is something that you know i don't drink but you know get get some beers in get some friends around sit and have a laugh and enjoy watching these films and poking fun at them there's that and i think that jaws 3 is that and i think it should have that element to it but i think like you said mj it just kind of sits in that weird place in the middle where it's like jaws obviously a masterpiece everyone knows that jaws 2 better than it has any right to be jaws the revenge absolute garbage and jaws 3 just kind of sits there as like yeah it's bad <laughs> but people don't really talk about it in the same way as they as they do jaws 4 which is which is quite interesting um and i think as you were saying as well it does come down to that it not being that so bad it's good it is very bad and it is enjoyably bad as well. You can have fun with it, but it just doesn't have that same reputation yeah, I, level of notoriety. It's like the difference between, I feel like, Sharknado 1 and Sharknado 2. Like, Shar- sure, Sharknado yeah. 1 is really entertaining and goofy and silly and fun, and Sharknado 2 is awful. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Only Sharknado 2. <laughs> well, that's i i the, the only films in that franchise i have seen are sharknado one and the first 20 minutes of sharknado two <laughs> i've seen them all <laughs> wow. to the surprise of no one <laughs> Blimey. Blimey. they're not good yeah not they're sure not good, good. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> oh. yeah i wondered if we could um talk about the um amazing uh reversing sharks Mm-hmm. There, there are three reversing moments. Uh, one with the the baby shark that reversed really quite quickly, slammed into the <laughs> slammed into the slammed into the boat, and then just literally reversed full throttle back, um, which is just genius. I mean, obviously, I think everybody knows sharks can't swim backwards. Swim yeah. backwards. Um, that's why I get really annoyed with deep blue sea. Because there is a there's a bit in it where there's two sharks trying to get this guy and he shows the gun and they recognise the gun because they've been genetically modified to become mm-hmm. intelligent yep. and they reverse. And somebody goes, 
my God, they're reversing. Sharks can't reverse. And you're going, no, they can't. So why are they? It's like, are you trying to say that now because they're intelligent? <laughs> They've been swimming around for millions of years and going, do you know what? We're too thick. We could actually reverse. I had no idea. We were just too stupid <laughs> yeah. to know. And it's like, yeah, it's got nothing to do with intelligence. You know, I mean, Stephen Hawkins was one of the most in- <laughs> intelligent people on the planet, but he still couldn't walk. It's about anatomy. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. Those, yeah. those sharks are but on the limitless like, pill. Oh. <laughs> yeah they really are <laughs> they move so quickly as well like th- do they speed up the footage oh they this? absolutely like speed up the footage in it. it's my yeah. favorite thing in the movie <laughs> yes they definitely do and there's very many different sharks as well so it's like mm-hmm. that's not the same shark that's not mm. the same shark and that's not the same shark and they're all different sizes and it's just like wow we have got about I don't know. We've got multiple sharks here, all different sizes, all different colours, all different, and it's like, <laughs> blimey, blimey. Yeah. It, it's a whole Well, it's mess. also really funny mm-hmm. that they felt the need to do this sort of shark dick measuring contest of, like, this one's 35 feet long. Like, no one cares, <laughs> man. Like... <laughs> Yeah, like they're literally just, they, they were like, how big was the, that's why I said in the opening, it's like, it's telling like Bruce to hold its beer because yeah. it's like, oh, how big was the shark in uh, in the first Jaws 25? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and like everything about what? it, uh... everything about it feels like Justin Timberlake on The Social Network, right? Where it's like, you know, you know what's cool? Two sharks. Yeah. You know what's cool? A 35 foot yeah. shark. <laughs> you know what's cool? Put them in an aquarium. <laughs> Getting them to reverse and being maternal. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. And the the funny thing about the like the the sped up footage is if like in your head you sing like the Benny Hill music um as that's oh, happening just it just makes it like big day for the Benny Hill music by the way today the day we're recording oh, yeah? this yeah you didn't see that they were blasting it on the speakers during the during bojo's res- resignation because hugh grant told them to oh you didn't, didn't see, see that? that oh my gosh how the hell did oh, i see I that i didn't see that oh uh. look i've i've either been asleep or watching jaws 3 today i don't know what to tell you right. I'll, i'm sending this to both of you um it's so funny oh, because the reporter is like the 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 uh hugh grant hugh grant tweeted a request of activists protesting outside westminster to play the benny hill theme on their loudspeakers when they did it became the soundtrack for street interviews with leading tories trying to explain the situation to the british people and so this guy's like very seriously trying to explain what's going on and just the fucking benny hill song in the background it's so funny (laughs) i love how i gave that theme tune to the shark as well (laughs) Yeah, that is painfully British. And I love that you found that out before we did, MJ. It was the first thing I saw about him resigning this morning. Yeah, that speaks a lot about to to your timeline, which I think is sometimes more British than mine is. Yeah, it, yeah. It gets very British on there sometimes. Like, I feel like I've lately, like, whenever there's, like, big soccer matches or like big political stuff happening i feel like i know Mm. way more than i ever have about that shit (laughs) yeah my favorite thing is when i am your fact checker for something mad and british that you found oh like your willy is (laughs) rubbish 
Yeah, I'll get a DM just like, tell me about your meal deals. What's the what's <laughs> what's the crack? <laughs> well, that's because uh, most of that comes from the Shut Up and Sit Down board game podcast because they're all in the UK. And uh, so they talk okay. about yeah, British stuff. Yeah. Actually, Emma, they talk about Blackpool on one of their most recent episodes and they said that everyone there is depressed. <laughs> oh, <Aww>. no. <laughs> Uh oh, uh oh, we'd have words. It's a wonderful place. They're not all depressed. Well, well, don't laugh. But <laughs> it's a fun place. What's, you know, what's not to love? There's Christmy Quick Hats and donkeys and, you know, towers and stuff and sticks of black rock. Come on. Yeah. Lights, illumination. There are lights. That's yeah. the name of the White Stripes album is Under Blackpool Lights. Well, exactly. <laughs> okay. Brought it back full circle. Um, <laughs> did you? Did you guys have anything? I mean, anything else? I'm just uh, perusing my notes for for Jaws three, which are absolutely unhinged. Uh, I have written uh, "bite radius mm-hmm. drink" in all oh, caps, which I think is my God. Jaws my Jaws drinking game that I've now made up. And they that bite radius that's that's come up in every Jaws film so far. Will we make it the full set next week? We'll find out together. <laughs> yeah, I do, but I really have to go yeah, pull this food out of the oven. I'll be right back. Speaking of speaking of food, uh, I suppose uh, Leah. We'll keep this bit in. Uh, Leah Thompson in her in her first role, uh, yeah. pre Back to the Future fame, and she is an absolute snack in this film. Is what I've written in my notes. She is a a very pretty lady, and I enjoy her character in this, even though she doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> Yeah, no, she is. She's a she's a real fun character, isn't she? And I like and I, I kind mm. of quite like. Yeah, she's she's fun, but it just goes to show how completely inept this amazing thirty five feet shark is, because it's just got mm. food <laughs> everywhere and manages to mess it all up and not get any of them. It's like, how's he managed to do that? There's people in the water everywhere, and it's like, oh no, missed you. Oh, oh no, missed you. It's yeah. Like, I think this is why my brain just erased the actual deaths that do happen in this film, because I think there are so many more deaths that in my mind could have and should have happened. Like the bit when, you know, the, 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 you see like the, the water skiers or whatever up on their big pyramid. And you're like, that shark is going to have like at least a couple of those or in the, the bumper boats. And it always feels to me like they are setting up, kelly leah thompson's character that she is that she is gonna die i mean they always kill off like the pretty female character right so it's inevitable that it's it's gonna happen um and then it doesn't so it just it does feel like that in terms of body count that there's there's perhaps not enough of that is a bit strange Uh, yeah yeah like potential and talking about so much more but the Benny Hill thing as well is uh, it's total slapstick with mm. Michael trying to get everybody out of the water. Mm. I mean, that mm-hmm. is just absolute slapstick heaven, isn't it, really? It, it's just crazy. Yeah. I would love to know exactly what was in Dennis Quaid's system as he was running around <laughs> doing that <laughs> doing that mm. scene well not even that but he's like running by people and they're like doing this show where there's a pratfall where they like trip people with a rope and like all these like weird three stooges yeah 
Yeah, I don't know if you just heard Sarah MJ like said about the 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 slapstick in this film, and we're, we're also just saying that uh, Leah Thompson in this is great, but also they set her up to die, and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's actually the only other note I had. Um, if uh, uh, you got you got you got your um, eighty episodes of being thirsty, uh, Leah Thompson in a bikini in this movie. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Look, you <laughs> you may have been collecting your lunch <laughs> out of the oven at, <laughs> at the time I called her a snack. So. Yes, she is. Um, that lady is like my biggest 1980s crush in general. And so when yeah. the first time I saw this movie, I was like, five stars. Great movie. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good movie. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely five stars for that. Funny enough, the wife didn't walk off at that bit. <laughs> <laughs> she was suddenly very interested. Yeah. All of a sudden, she's very interested in this film. This movie's great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just just because it made me laugh uh, a lot, uh, please. Uh, now, now we are on on mic. Uh, your wife's reaction uh, watching the end <laughs> of this film, I feel, is a. Uh, Potentially a good place to bring things in for a landing. <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah, well, yeah, she's she's not a woman of many words, uh, is the wife. Um, but when she saw that final thing, she was just like, oh, that's bloody ridiculous. What's, what's going on there, then? Eh? <laughs> I was like, oh, mad, that. No, I'm not having that. And she went. And she just, she just got up and left. <laughs> it's the walking out and leaving for me. It's oh. really... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just for clarity, she's Scottish, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> covering covering all accents on yeah, accents. today. Yeah, I apologise for the Welsh consistency, Welsh people that are going to be listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was just looking at, up some uh, things about Dennis Quaid during uh, the the filming of this uh, because I've just quite amused by someone not really having any awareness of what film they're in or that they're even in a film uh, because of being under the influence uh, and reportedly he later in a later interview uh, referred to this film and said I was in Jaws what <laughs> so <laughs> no recollection uh, of being in this film uh, possibly the same interview an interview from 2015 Dennis Quaid said that during the filming of Jaws 3D he aggressively used cocaine and that in every frame he was in he was high <laughs> um yep, that yeah right <laughs> makes makes a lot my of sense my favorite thing uh, about that is um that 2002 roy scheider book where he talks about his mm. biography and they when they were interviewing for the book they asked about jaws 3 and he said Mephistopheles couldn't talk me into doing it. They knew better than to even ask. Mephistopheles. They wanted him to to be in this, and he was. He did have his like three picture deal with with Universal, um, and he did everything possible to to not be in this film, and and took whatever job was was thrown his way, good, bad, or otherwise. And I mean, we spoke about how in Jaws 2, you can you sort of can tell the point in the film where he didn't want mm-hmm. to be there. And it's it is quite obvious. He did come out of it with a lovely tan, though. 
and required color correction because he got <laughs> too tanned. Uh, I think he just treated that film like a bit of a holiday, really. But yeah, he he did not uh, want to be <laughs> in any more Jaws films, so made every effort possible not to do that. And um, I can't remember who shared it with me on Twitter. Apologies, but a, a really great uh, interview clip uh, with Roy Scheider where he was on... I don't know if it was the Graham Norton show, but it was an interview with Graham Norton anyway, uh, talking about Jaws and, and the Jaws sequels. And uh, what did he say about them? He said that he's, he finds them embarrassing. Mm-hmm. He said he said he was in the like, second one and they just got more and more embarrassing as they went on. <laughs> more embarrassing as they went on. Uh, brilliant. Wow. I feel <laughs> uh, damning words from from the man himself. Uh, I side note. I then went down a bit of a rabbit hole of uh, Roy Scheider interview clips, and what a charismatic dude! Yeah. <laughs> His interviews are really funny. <laughs> I enjoy them quite a bit. Um, yeah. I anything else on on uh, Jaws 3D, or have we uh, have we exhausted? All have we possible? talked about the uh, greatest ending in cinematic history? I know we mentioned Emma. Your oh, your my god your wife's reaction to it but like we see the titular 3d <laughs> jaws once the shark explodes um yes yeah <laughs> and they're on screen for an eternity <laughs> yeah that, i can't though, believe we haven't talked not- about this yet <laughs> i know it's not that's not even the money shot the money shot is the 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 motionless floating shark (laughs) oh yeah into the glass i mean yeah it's it's not quite great white shark it's more like great big turd it just is one of those (laughs) floaters that just will not go away i mean what what on earth and the reaction you have to have the slow-mo Oh god! The thing, and it's like it's going slower than I can walk, (laughs) and and I'm in a wheelchair. (laughs) And just for clarity, acrylic doesn't smash. I I know people know this, but just just to put it, it doesn't do that. But it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's tiny, and it's not moving and it was at that point the wife actually left she didn't even see the exploding guts one it was at that point she was like i'm off that's, that's, that's me gone. and it's it's like how have you watched that and gone that's yeah. okay and then the slow motion of everybody going no oh for the love that, that i mean that is just it's just brilliant it's just absolute brilliant mm. you cannot get better than a great big turd <laughs> moving slowly towards yeah uh, impending true, doom. true true to form uh martin also came out with uh, a pretty great observation at that moment uh, as he was watching it um where he said uh if the shark was moving that slowly surely they would have had time to get out of the way and i was like that <laughs> is a fantastic point <laughs> yeah this is prometheus all over again when that round thing is chasing charlie Theron and she's just re- literally in front of it when she could go to either side of it and be fine yeah or in um uh, cruella when cruella's mom is just watching those dalmatians about to yeet her off the balcony <laughs> and she's like she could move out of the way they're just dogs i mean 
I would I wouldn't recommend it, but if you are faced with a, a pair of angry Dalmatians, I think you could just get out the way, to be honest. I don't yeah. think you needed to be yeeted off a balcony by them. But Or even move a little bit anyway. and like you know, once again not condoning it, but like you're a human being. You could you could probably yeet those dogs before they eat you. Like, <laughs> like, like You can't say that, Sarah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a yeet or get yeeted world out there. Yeet That's or where. get yeeted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh well, my lord! Well, <laughs> they're all slow as well, so they're all in slow motion. Yeah, that's true. That's is, true. It is. Sharks in slow yeah. motion. Oh, it's, it's a it's a Christopher Nolan this. movie. There's time dilation in it. <laughs> <laughs> That explains it. Yeah. We yeah. solved Jaws TV, I... guys. <laughs> we Later. solved it. It's <laughs> we did it. Um, okay, I I would like to know what our listeners thought of this. Uh, we sent out a tweet uh, as we uh, as we have been doing uh, to get people's oh, thoughts fine. on these uh, on these films. Uh, MJ, I think uh, you've got the. Mm-hmm tweets there to to read out what are what are the people saying (laughs) Uh, i hope someone mentions the last frame of this film which is also picture perfect um (laughs) at at wrath of khan with three n's says i also saw this as a kid and just accepted it as genuinely scary on a par with the original rewatched a few weeks ago and the wool was lifted from my eyes. It's an absolute shocker. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine being like, oh, this was so scary as a kid. And then watching it and being like, oh, my God. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, at Fresh Hellion uh, says, I love it embarrassingly much. It's a lovably terrible delight and so 80s that I feel like I should put on shoulder pads and big hair just to watch it. And also, do a line or two. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> As the 80s yeah. would want. <laughs> that would be the only thing I would add to that. Um, <laughs> at Mikey Cubed said, I think is it a good film? was doing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, at Mikey Cubed, is it a good film? No. Are the performances decent? Also, no. Is the shark well done in the 3D impressive? God, no. Do I have fun and enjoy it every time we watch it and own the Blu-ray steelbook? Hell yes, I do. <laughs> Respect. I love the commitment exactly. to owning a terrible film on steelbook. Yeah. And he he's tweeted a picture of the steelbook, actually. It's a very it pretty steelbook. It looks awesome. Yeah. I was like, where can I get that? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Let us know. Yep. Uh, finally, at Toxic Death says, I like it. I really wish they would clean up the, the effects as the 3D is shonky and looks bad. But I really enjoy the idea of it being in SeaWorld and the corporate greed uh, still in play makes it work. It's not a good film, though, but I enjoy it. Um, and yeah, agreed. Uh, it's um, <laughs> the idea of it. Nah. <laughs> Uh, the idea of it being in a theme park is actually a really good idea, but it is so bizarrely mm. executed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it, shoddy. It's shoddy. quite... Just before we before we wrap, it is, it is quite interesting to view in a, I guess, a post 
uh, blackfish uh-huh. lens uh, of, of SeaWorld with the sort of stuff that has come out about how poorly the animals are treated. I mean, we see a little bit of that with the, what is the, not that they realize this, but the, the baby shark that they that they have, um, that mm-hmm. they put into the, the little pool. Mm-hmm. It dies very, very quickly, um, probably because it's away from mummy shark but also because it's not good for sharks of that size to be in a a tiny little pool because sharks have to swim constantly right Mm -hmm. like they don't stop moving i think that's (laughs) i hope that's right um but it's definitely yeah that that sort of (laughs) that idea of of these not being the best places for these animals and sort of like money and you know tv and media and press and all of that sort of thing being like uh the the draw for for having a, a shark there and not really caring about its well-being is something very very interesting i think to look at with a uh, a modern lens obviously the film does absolutely nothing to uh expand on that or make that a, a theme or anything else in the film but uh <laughs> we can take that away from it uh at least uh i yeah, think definitely. that is I mean, that I is think- yeah, I think I think actually that was one of the things SeaWorld was upset about, and that's the irony. Mm. They were upset about the scene about the great white shark, mm. and you just kind of go, oh, "Okay, but keeping a massive, you know, orca in time yeah. 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 psychotic is okay." And it and it was just the irony of the the outrage of the yeah, you know, we would never do that. No, yeah, yeah, definitely makes for an interesting uh interesting watch i would recommend the the documentary blackfish mm-hmm. as well if people haven't seen it it's pretty harrowing it's quite upsetting uh and it's a whole lot but it is an important watch and just a really good and well-made documentary as well um yeah i think it's still yeah, on netflix it was a little while ago anyway yeah. but um... um well there was also let me see so in, yeah in 1978 um is when the marine land attack happened and that's the sort of the beginning of the blackfish is the um orky the orca um uh, if you guys know the story it's 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 another story about an orca who who almost killed a trainer i think um and um yeah so that definitely would have been maybe eyes on sea world at that point um but I don't think that that it had the scrutiny that it has now. And so I could almost see how Jaws 3D, the idea for it is incepted by the Marine Land attack. Mm. Possibly. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I feel like we could talk about this for uh, a lot That's longer. A, yeah, <laughs> that, that sort of idea things. is maybe a different podcast, but... <laughs> that's a that's a that's a thing to jot down for the future um (laughs) emma it's been really really great having you on thank you so much uh for being willing to come on and talk about jaws 3d uh didn't necessarily have people lining up uh to volunteer to come and talk about this film but we're so so glad to to get to have you on and uh, (laughs) yeah i know no you're still working your way through uh through the episodes as well but yeah really really pleased to have you on so uh let people know where they can find you uh on on twitter and elsewhere if you have anything that you would like to plug as well then uh yeah now's your chance um thank you i um, just just get me on uh, at haddock witty um on twitter if you want to have a chat about anything to do with jewels or anything else then uh, 
just follow me on that that's fine um i don't know why it's at haddock witty because obviously i'm witty haddock because i'm funny fish and not the other way around <laughs> so i've totally confused everybody <laughs> Important we clarification. Did that as well. No, we, d- we deliberately did it that way as well. So the wife's witty, I'm Haddock. So we decided to go, well, let's just make it witty, Haddock, because then I'm funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, does, it, it does sound great. Um, I do also love that your, that your surname is Haddock. It brings me absolute joy every time I see your little name pop up on, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> We're fans I could never of, get a of taxi that here. from work. I could never get a taxi from work. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah. <laughs> Haddock from yeah, the aquarium. The Pull the other one. Center, really. hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just. Haddock at the Sea Life Center. I put an exclamation point after Haddock, like Panic at the Disco. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's your uh, pop punk band yeah. uh, if you ever yeah, start yeah. one, Emma. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one. Oh, dear. Um, MJ, do you have anything that you would like to uh, plug? Sarah's on Real Perspective. Um, Woohoo! Yeah. Woo. Uh, we haven't recorded this episode yet, but she came on to talk about season four in all its glory of uh, Stranger Things. We're recording that in two days, and I still have to watch as many episodes as I had to watch last week. Um, (laughs) And they are long. Uh, But yeah, Real Perspective, R-E-E-L Perspective. um, On any, If you're listening to this show, you can find it on the same platform. Um, That, and then... Uh, I think that's it for now. Movie Mavens uh, will be in contact with me next week, is what I was told, to schedule our episode, Sarah. Snakes on a plane. (laughs) Snakes on a plane. (laughs) It's all I want to talk about. I (laughs) brought it up on this week's episode. Uh, (laughs) Just want to talk about snakes on a plane. Um, Oh, uh, we're also, are we going to be on Uncut Gems? Oh, yes. I'm not sure when that episode will be out, but we are going to be on uh, Uncut Gems talking about the Jaws sequels and uh, Orca as well, which will be exciting. I've not seen that film. I purchased it the other day. Looking forward to watching it uh, as a sort of came out very soon after Jaws. A lot of people compare it to to Jaws uh, kind of film. So, yeah, that will that will be super interesting to dive into. And they're they're great fun, those guys as well. So um, looking forward to to talking about that. Uh, as I am talking about Stranger Things uh, with you, MJ, I have watched all of the episodes uh, more than once. Good <laughs> for you. Also, uh, the research has been done. Uh, speaking of Stranger Things, I also uh, wrote something for Looper recently. Um, exciting because it was a, a, a pitch, so an idea that I suggested to them, and they went for it, which is always always nice. Uh, and it is the best uses of music in Stranger Things uh because the world and his dog is is losing uh their ship for kate bush uh running up that hill at the moment if you've watched stranger things you'll know why uh and many 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 other great examples of of how that show uses music and uses it very very well so that was a really uh good one to write it took me a very long time to write because uh as (laughs) <laughs> made clear several times on this podcast sleeping quite a bit at the moment so <laughs> when i am awake i am uh, 
trying to do some writing as as pain allows but it takes a very long time at the moment so appreciate uh going to check that out you can probably find it linked somewhere on my twitter uh or looper.com forward slash author forward slash sarah buttery is where you can find the stuff that i write there uh you can get in touch with let's jaws for a minute on twitter and instagram we are at jaws for a minute you can also email us jaws for a minute at gmail.com you can follow us individually on twitter i'm at sarah buttery and mj is at mj smith 891 uh on our socials you'll find our link tree and that's got links to buy our merchandise through t public or redbubble uh, our theme song through bandcamp and a link to our coffee page where you can send us a donation uh, earn a shout out on the show and an entry into competition to win some merch as well uh so find all of that on our on our link tree uh to support the show no extra cost you can rate review subscribe on your podcatcher of choice uh we really do appreciate it as it helps more people to to find the show uh which which we love uh never too late to join in as uh, as emma has demonstrated uh but until <laughs> next time when we will be discussing uh jaws the revenge next week uh <laughs> until then it's jaws o'clock somewhere <laughs>